joining us on the That's Rather Cavalier podcast. Before we get to it, make sure you follow us wherever you get your audio podcast. Just search FFSN That's Rather Cavalier. Give us a five-star rating on Apple and Spotify. Also, check out our cast shorts on the Noidals YouTube channel. Now let's get to it. Cavalier Nation, thank you for joining us for another episode of the That's Rather Cavalier podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Kevin Tate, Tate Boy Fresh, here with the little fella, the little nephew, Relly Hall. What's up, Relly? How you doing? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. But everybody, before we get started today, be sure to follow, like, and subscribe this podcast wherever you get your audio podcast. On Apple, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, be sure to check us out. And sometimes you might catch us on YouTube on the Know It All YouTube channel. But right now, today, me and Relly Gray getting started. Man, cast season is on the brink. It's not too far away. Media Day is Monday, October second. We'll get this. We'll get to uh, hear the media in Cleveland. Talk to all the new players. Talk to the current players. Maybe hear more about what they thought went wrong in that playoff debacle against the New York Knicks last at the end of last season. That was way back in April. It's about to be October now. So, Rella, we about to get into it, man. What you, I mean, what you got to say so far about everything, you know, basketball, what's going on? First thing we're going to get into, and you can jump right into it if you want, is that Dame Lillard trade, man. <laughs> and, what it, and what it does to the East. I mean, I think it, it drops the Cavs back a definite notch. I, I think the Cavs are probably Milwaukee, Boston, top two teams in the East. Miami don't scare me too much. You know what I mean? I think the Cavs are probably the third best team in the East if you're just looking on paper and talking about your predictions and stuff right now. Now, how can we leave the Knicks out the way the Knicks smashed us last year? Because I think the Cavs will come back better this year, a little bit tougher. They got some new pieces, and I think – I think Donovan Mitchell will be better. He he was at the he was at the apex of his prime, the you know the the baseline of his prime. I think he's trending up, and then we know it's room for Darius Garland, Darius Garland, and Evan Mobley to grow. So there is everything I got right now off the top. Really, what you got, man? What you think about everything? I'm not gonna lie. This this past week, past two weeks has been intriguing. It's been a lot of blockbuster stuff, a lot of rumors, and like you said, that Damian Lillard trade that happened. That was huge. <laughs> that was huge because I think it had a, a bigger impact on even the Cavs and the NBA than we really give it credit for, right? Mainly because even for me to say it, like, <laughs> even though short term, short term, I think it does pit the Cavs back in terms of now we really got to be in our P's and Q's if we're really talking about a conference finals because, like you said, Boston and Milwaukee are the front runners for the two best teams in the Eastern Conference. And honestly... They might be in the, the Eastern Conference Finals this year. But long-term, I do think that has an impact on where Don might be able to go. And honestly, I think that actually takes away the Knicks. 
because if you heard any of the rumors, Drew Holiday is about to get traded, right? And it's a couple of teams that actually is high on Drew Holiday. And one of those teams is the New York Knicks. And they're saying his asking price is not that high. They just want a, just at least two first-round picks, maybe a player if you're feeling real generous. And we all know Drew Holiday is a guard, right? So if they, if the New York Knicks do trade for Drew Holiday, which if you're a Cavs fan, you kind of want them to get Drew Holiday. If they get Drew Holiday <laughs> and you pair that up with Jalen Brunson, you don't need Donovan Mitchell no more. So the, that's one of the teams that was rumored that Donovan Mitchell may lean towards on going to him for agency once he gets that that option to, you know, to, uh, to, to see it. But if New York is not on the table and they have Drew Holiday and they have Jalen Brunson, Donovan Mitchell options get subtracted real quick. So question is Drew Holiday, I mean, is a really, really good player. Mm-hmm. I think he's been an all-star all, to, all star one time, maybe two. Is he at age 33? Is he worth two first round picks? Now <laughs> that's a good question. But how they talking how they talking Drew Holiday up right now? Like if you've seen ESPN. I think it was yesterday, the day before yesterday, they had a panel of like Brian Winhurst, Stephen A., uh, Kendrick Perkins. It was a couple of because it was multiple shows. They think so. They think that's the minimal asking price. And they think that's the cheap price because Portland has no intentions of keeping them. They're trying to flip them fast because they don't really need them. And they're saying it's a whole bunch of contenders right now, like well, the, the Clippers, the Heat, the Celtics, um, the New York Knicks who are really trying to get Drew Holiday. So I really think that might actually be a realistic offer for him. It seemed high, but I think that yeah, might well, be his market. If they go on, I don't know if it's his market, if they go on two first-round picks, it just mean they really want them, and they trying to outbid everybody else. <laughs> I think that's what it is. But my question would be off that, really. If the Knicks trade for Drew Holiday, okay, now you say, yeah. Now they won't want Donovan Mitchell. Mm-hmm. But will that make them better than the Cavs right now, though? On the short term, yes. Like, on the short term, it actually – because then you give them another physical player like Drew Holiday who's going to be all up in you. To and- go with Josh Hart, to go with <laughs> Jalen Brunson, to go with Randall, to go with Mitchell Robinson. They're just going to bully us all over again. Oh, oh, yeah, I agree with you. But then that <laughs> flips the pressure back on Kobe Altman and the Cavs now. Because now we really got to get a guy who we've been talking about on That's Rather Cavaliers for a while. We need a tough guy. Like, you you really need somebody who's going to get in somebody's grill. And <laughs> y'all say it's Tristan Thompson, but I do think we need another one. Man, um, we, we don't say it's Tristan Thompson, really. We say <laughs> Tristan Thompson is the Udonis Haslam for the Cavs. He, if if Chris, Tristan Thompson is playing a lot of minutes... Any minutes, you, you're not getting what you want. Oh, you sure. want Tristan Thompson in practice. You want Tristan Thompson laying forearms and trying to bully Jared Allen and Evan Mobley in practice so they can learn and get stronger and get tougher. He's not that guy that's going to be on the court being that tough guy. But I will say, I mean, I don't even do you know who's available still? The free agency market is, is really dried up. It, it's yeah, it's thin now because it's only like. If you're talking about high key names right now, the only the probably the most notable is Bismack Biombo. Because Kelly Oubre's off the board. Yo guy Kelly Oubre off the board. He's flying with Philly. 
Dwight Howard is looking like nobody wants to sign, bro. Golden State. Yeah, he's going to Golden State, ain't he? Nope. They said no, and then they signed uh, somebody else, uh, Rudy Gay. They got Rudy Gay instead of uh, Dwight Howard. They said they didn't want him. Okay. Well, what do you think about – well, I guess Cleveland. Well, I guess we got Damian Jones as a backup center, but I wouldn't I wouldn't mind Dwight just as a big body thorn. He's not going to let Mitchell Robinson bully him around. I know that. Oh, for sure, but – I don't know what Dwight Howard did. Like, I think he's in that pool where people not really going well, like, to like, play another game, but I don't know. They, they giving them that, that treatment where like, you know, that Carmelo Anthony treatment where they might not sign them again, you know, like even like DeMarcus cousins, who's looking, that'd be a, that'd be a target. I mean, I like, I like Boogie. We talked about this another episode a while ago. I've always liked Boogie, but I think Boogie is like what? 32 ish. Mm-hmm. Coming off injury and stuff like that, maybe, maybe they don't want to invest in that. I don't know. I think he'd be a great fit though. But uh, so rarely. So we're talking about available free agents, but there's speculation and rumors that if a move is going to be made, it's going to be made before training camp starts. And training camp starts, I think, next week, Tuesday, maybe the day after media day. Is it? I think so. Yeah. Media day is the second, so camp must start the third. The first preseason game is the tenth. Hmm. So, what's the, I hear talk about Buddy Hill, man, in Cleveland? Yeah. Now, I've made the money work. I've played with the math a little bit. Um, realistically, we can get Buddy Hill, but if we're being really, really real about it, you would have to give up. You would have to give up a player to make it work because he's getting paid some big dollars. Like he's what like on a twenty million dollar contract. So okay. so essentially for the Cavs, we're giving up a max dollar. So we're giving up like a Jared Allen or a Evan Mobley, one of those bigger con bigger contracted players or Harrison yeah, Bergen. You're not, I, yeah, you're not doing that exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And Mobley's contract's not big yet, but yeah. Nope. So if you need if you need a big dollar contract. You're definitely looking at Jared Allen, Karis Levert. And you can't even trade cares for a couple because you extended yeah, them. Yeah, December. Yep. So you would almost have to hope that Indiana is not trigger happy, which I think they might be because it's going to be a lot of contenders. Maybe they hold off. We'll see. But, you know, Buddy Hill asking price as a shooter, as a shooter like him, is going to be pretty decent. So you probably, like, for the Cavs, we would, our entry level would probably be Jared Allen and – a second round pick. Realistic. You, so you're speaking about Indiana. Would you trade uh Jared Allen and Karis Levert for Buddy Hield and and uh what's their what's their big name from Texas? Uh, Miles Turner. Miles Turner. Would you do that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you yeah. do that? Yeah, I'd do that. Just because it's like Buddy Hill, like I feel like Buddy Hill fits Cleveland. Like he is a shy creator, he is a sniper. I, like I've seen a lot of games where Buddy Hill, once he's in his rhythm, it's like it's lights out, it's over. Like he's he's a killer. And then Miles Turner, he can shoot a little bit. He's a good defender too. He's a good um, defender. He and he, and he's a good defender, and he he would give Cleveland that stretch stretch four, stretch five, wherever you want to play him at. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that just adds shooting, floor spacing, and this is just this this is just hypothetical. You know what I mean? But Betty, Betty Hill is on the market. And I know at one time, Miles Turner was too for Indiana. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know what they're doing over there. I don't know what uh, what's the coach name again? He's the coach of Dallas. Uh, Rick Carlisle. Rick Carlisle. Yeah, I don't know if if, if uh, Miles Turner is in Rick Carlisle's doghouse. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, I would, I would do that trade in a in a New York minute, a New York second. <laughs> Buddy Hill and Miles Turner for Evan. I mean. I'm sorry, not Evan. Jared Allen and Karis Levert. And I like Karis. Yeah. And I like Jared too in the regular season. Yeah. <laughs> but, you don't know, like him in offs? <laughs> nah, man. I don't like him in the playoffs, man. We saw what he did. We are we've been talking about Jared Allen since April when he said he was gonna he said he was gonna go to the beach and relax or somebody. He just got his butt whooped. <laughs> you know what I mean? That just didn't sit well with. I don't think it sits well with the mindset of the Cleveland Cavalier fan. Yeah. Cleveland, Cleveland's a blue-collar, tough town, man. And for a dude to get bullied and then say, well, I just want to go to the beach and think about it. You know what I mean? Come on, man. <laughs> we ain't on that in the 216, man. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? That is a that is a huge problem. But really, so yeah. like, 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 like we say, man... Well, you know what? Real quick, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back after this, and we're gonna get into what what we're expecting here at the Cavs Media Day. And we're back on the That's Rather Cavalier podcast. I'm your host, Tate, along with Relly Hall. Relly, Cavs Media Day. The, the, the real tip-off to the season is Media Day, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you come in with your, with your uniforms on, your new uniforms. If you got them, you take pictures, you talk to everybody. It's like, you know, it's a big thing in the NBA. And I think 28 of the 30 teams actually are having their Media Day on Monday, October 2nd. But so for the Cavs, really, what are we expecting to hear at media day? Like, who who are you looking forward to hearing from? I mean, who are you looking forward to hear? They say they worked on their game and they've improved at this, that, or other. Like, what kind of things do you want to get answered on Monday? Honestly, the two players I'm honestly very intrigued to listen to is not Jared Allen. It's not Darius Garland. The first player has to be Donovan Mitchell, right? With not, all the rumors, he's not going to answer no questions about his extension. Oh no, but that's not that's not even what we cared about right now. Because okay. honestly, because we we know, like you said, Don is a very smart player. He he's gonna even yeah. if you ask him about it, he knows how to loop it. He's a professional. <laughs> he's, he's professional. He's a pro. He's a double right. zero double zero man. But at the same time, I need to hear how Donovan Mitchell is going to take his leadership to the next level, right? Because this past season, we Don is is a great scorer. He's an excellent scorer. He can score on anybody, right? But then in the playoffs, it looked to me that he was getting a little bit passive, not because he couldn't score, but because he was trying to get everybody else involved, which is okay. But for Donovan Mitchell, he don't need him to be a James Harden. We don't need that type of player in him. Like, it is a lot of times where our offense is predicated – on who's going to be the closer. And Donovan Mitchell is that guy. He's the closer, right? 
So I kind of want to hear from him how he's basically just going to take that, that role and say, hey, this is my ball. This is my quarter. And I'm going to finish this game for us. You know what I mean? No, like, I, I, I completely agree with you. I think what we need from Donovan Mitchell is... Uh, oh, I'm curious. No, no, no. I think what we need from him, because he had a great regular season, right? Yeah. I think he scored 28 a game, 28.3 or 28 points, something like that. Highest of his career. And I think I think the Cavs, the Cavs do better in a playoff series if it wasn't the New York Knicks. I think the pressure of playing the Knicks for Donovan Mitchell, going back home to New York, going to the place he thought he was going to be traded, I think all that was in his head. And I think that's why he was playing out of, out of sorts during the playoffs, missing a lot of three-pointers. You know what I mean? Trying not, not taking the shots when they were there for him. But I think what you need from him is, is that leadership piece that you mentioned. And I think um, I think he scored 28 a game. I think what, what you need from him, because we expect an uptick in Darius Garland yeah. and uptick in Evan Mobley. Karis LeVert's role is identified now as a six-man. You got more shooting because Max Struess has been uh, penciled in as a starter at the small forward. It's already it's already been said. Chris Fedor reported that. Um, I think you need like twenty. I mean, you need twenty-four, maybe six or seven assists. Help Darius Garland out with the with the distro. You know what I mean? Because I expect Evan Mobley to go up from like 14, 15 to like eighteen to twenty. If Darius Garland hangs around at 22, 23, but shoots a few more threes a game and keeps that percentage up around the 39, 40% mark, I think Donovan Mitchell can kind of can kind of lax in the regular season a little more than he had than he was doing last year. And I think he he can he can let the people around him help him. But when it's time to close in a tight game, he's your guy, like you said. Mm-hmm. So the, the, so, so that's what I'm thinking. I agree with you. Actually, that's a that's an intriguing take to, to spin on it too, that I actually did not think about. But I agree with you. <laughs> I agree with you because this offense, if we're gonna be honest with you, like we know, whoa, we're expecting, like you said, DG to improve. We're expecting Evan Mobley to improve. We're expecting these players that we just got to help us elevate our game. But Donovan Mitchell. He is what our offense is going to be. Like, how he puts a stamp on it is how the Cavs is going to be respected on the offense. It's just it's just that simple. You know what I mean? Like, we got these assets, but Don is going to be that player. He's that guy, all right? And then even, too, to even mention my second player, and I'm glad, and I was going to actually say Evan Mobley, but you said something to me that kind of just made me pivot off of Evan Mobley. The second person I actually want to hear is Isaac Okoro. <laughs> and the reason I want to hear from him, because the only thing I actually do want to hear from him is that this summer he was shooting some threes. He was shooting some corner threes. He was shooting some wing threes. <laughs> he, he, he was shooting that rock 18 feet, 21 feet from the basket. You feel what I'm saying? That's what I need to hear from Isaac Okoro. If he wasn't shooting no threes, and this is his contract extension year, potentially. 
as much as I love Isaac Akuro, Kobe Allman might have to get the shopping, bro, because we have no need for Isaac Akuro. Unfortunately, I love him. He's a he's he is a good on ball defender. He's a good off ball defender. But one thing that like you cannot get around in the NBA is not being able to shoot consistently. It's just if you can't do that, you basically are Andre Roberson. It gets you out the league quick. Yeah. So if Isaac Okoro is not talking about how he get, because I don't want to hear him say he got strong. We know Isaac Okoro is a strong guy. That's not something I care about from Ice. I need to hear him say, hey, I got my confidence up on shooting the ball. And that when they give me a ball, when they, when they, when Donovan Mitchell is getting doubled off of a cut or a pin down, and I'm open in that corner in that wing, I'm going to hit that shot. But hey. Well, he's playing. He's playing for his money, right? Uh-huh. I mean, he's playing for his money, literally. It's contract <laughs> year. I mean, so he either can come in and, and step up with his shooting and be a serious part of the rotation along with Karis LeVert uh, and George Niang, I think, off the bench. It could be a, you know, that that's a good bench. Those are your top three players. And Ice is shooting and stepped up. But he's essentially playing for his money, man. Um, he either gonna play play good and get a get a nice contract, you know, off his rookie deal, or he's not gonna play good and he's gonna be just one of those journeymen. Somebody gonna pick him up, think they can give him a chance, but he's gonna get, you know, he's not gonna get no big bag, you know. So yeah, I like to see what what Ice got, but I think the player for me that I want to hear from, man, and I go back to this guy all the time. You know I do, really. You know who it is gonna be. <laughs> you said it wasn't him for you, but it is him for me. <laughs> it's uh Jared Allen, man. <laughs> it's Jared Allen because I need him to come back and show some. Some type of intensity, some type of emotion, some type of backbone. That's what I need to see. I need him to come in and say, hey, I put on 10 pounds of muscle. I'm going to work harder. And he wanted to have a whole a whole chain to show people he was serious. He coming there with a haircut, man. <laughs> like what, this paper too? Legs <laughs> and all? This the oh. new improved me. That's what that's what he would do. But speaking about all that, really, getting past media day, we're going to wrap up with this, man. J.B. Bickerstaff in an interview just this past week said he wants the Cavs to be more dynamic. What's that mean to you, man? What's J.B. saying? Translate J.B. for me. <laughs> for me? Because we know that that doesn't mean he's going to play 13 people on the <laughs> On a roster, <laughs> but what this means for him is that he is going to have some versatile rotations, and because of that, he might need a let's say, even though you might not see that, but shoot, he might have an Isaac Curl play the power four one game on some PJ Tucker type stuff. You're gonna like not truly like he I should think. be there, but like small small ball just to kind of see if the offense flows yeah. a little bit better. If you, if you if you go on small ball, don't you go with like. Until we see what Isaac is doing shooting, don't you go with like Evan Mobley and George Niang Niang at the power forward over over ice? Yeah, you can you can do that too. The only the only flip side of that is depending on 
Evan Mobley, you can keep him there, but with Niang, you might say, hey, I want to run small ball, but I'm just a little questionable on his defense. Because that was like one of the, you know, that's one of the big reasons why, like, like I said, with PJ Tucker in Houston, that's why they pit him at the power four. Sometimes they pit him at the five just to be different. Or Golden State, where they would pit Bialisa and Draymond Green uh, a couple years ago at there, or Otto Porter there on Golden State, or uh, but, Toronto. But when, you, when you talk about those guys, you're talking about Otto Porter, like 6'8. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, Bialisa's. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so Isaac Okoro six five, mm-hmm. and he's not as strong as PJ Tucker. I think you get away with that one one through three, him guard one through three, depending on who the four is. Though I don't know if he's capable. I think yeah. Niang because he but he's about six seven, probably two hundred and fifty pounds. I think he can he can bang around with with with, with interior power forwards. Maybe not those that play on the floor. You know what I mean? But he can get in there and get physical with some of the some of the guys that's that play on the interior. Yeah, I mean, I can see like like you said. I mean, you're right too. I'm not even knocking that, but I'm just saying like JB. Like this might be the season where we see him really truly run some verse. Maybe he run uh, Amani Bates, who we've been saying we want to see him out there. Maybe he might pit him at the power forward as a shot creator. Something like I do think like this is his way of saying he's going to be different. Like he's not going to run the the. The ideal, well, I won't say ideal lineup, but the most predictable rotation where he's just going to run our Darius Garland, Don, Max Struess, uh, Evan Mobley, and Jared Allen. He might just say, "Shoot, why not Evan Mobley at the pop, at the at the center, Karis Levert at the point guard, Don at two, and then whoever at the small Max Struess, and then like you say, your boy Niang or something like maybe he just might just just say, "Why not?" Um, I'm actually kind of actually kind of wanting to do that though. You know what I mean? Because I feel like in the regular season, this is your playground to really see what rotations and players work together. Completely agree. Completely agree. Yeah, because, I mean, like, let's be real, because once you get in the playoffs, like, you have to almost understand which players work together because it's going to be, like, the best coaches wins playoff games. Like, if we being honest, like, you're not going to be a scrub coach and make it far. Because you're the just going to get out coached. The best coaches will win you one playoff game a series. That's that's my belief. Only They're, one. Uh, well, good for one. Like, we're coaching. You know, like, like, a play, I, 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 game. like, you play best out of seven. A coach should at least get you one game off his coaching. I feel you. I agree yeah, with that. So, so, yeah. So, okay. Well, we'll, we'll see all this. One last thing. This is the last thing. I did have this, too. And you know what, man? I think we're going to go ahead and drop another episode real quick, man, so we can get into some of that. Uh, you know, but Imani Bates. Mm-hmm. I just want to know, do you think can he build his summer league performance from back in July? And if he can build on that from his JV performance, that's what summer league is, right? JV. Mm. If he can build on that in training camp and, and, show, and show some value and worth, can he get moved up to varsity right away? Not necessarily as part of the rotation, just part of the team. I think so. And the reason I think so, because everything kind of works in his favor in Cleveland, right? Because one of the biggest positions we've been lackluster for since losing LeBron James has been that small forward position. We're still lackluster at that position. 
and he's a he's a shot creator. Yes, it is some things he has to tune up on the offensive end. Like his IQ obviously is gonna get better with age, with experience, with repetition. But honestly, when when you name Max Drews, can you name somebody after that that's coming from his backup that you feel confident in at the small forward position or pitting at the small forward position? Because me, I don't I don't see that. So I do think with uh Amani Bates. He has a perfect situation where he can really be 10th man, but he's the second runner up on the bench as a small four and he can really give us some, some energy. So I think he can, he can be, he just has to essentially just keep getting the opportunity. I don't, I don't have him as a second small forward. I mean, I think, think they, so? no, I think they put in, Karis Levert at the three before him. I think they go Dean Wade at the three before him. And you even try Niang at the three. Now, I do think he could be far part of the 12-man roster, but he's not getting no clock right away. But it would allow him to, to mature, develop, and be part of the, like I said, part of the varsity right away than just going off playing JV games because he can't charge all season. You know what I mean? I mean, so, yeah, I do like the idea of him getting up there. I don't know if he'll if he'll play this year by this year 2023. Maybe come after All Star break and stuff like that. He gets you know baby minutes. They take baby steps with him. I can but see that. Yeah. So you got anything else right now for this one, man? Oh no, no. I think you. I think I, I, I respect your approach on that. I can actually see that second half man, a little bit. Every huh? time we talk, you leave respecting my basketball knowledge more and more, man. <laughs> I you try, know, I try and tell you all the time, man. You know, you got some good takes. I, you know, I, I'm an honest man. You know, you got <laughs> some good takes. <laughs> but yeah, man, with all that, you got anything to plug or say? What's going on? You did do a, a, a that's rather cavalier short that uploaded early early this morning about Dame Lillard and and Donovan Mitchell potentially leaving. Title of that show, Dame to the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Donovan leaving? Question mark. <laughs> so, so yeah, so we kind of went over that in the early part of this show. What Dame coming to the East means, to Milwaukee means. And we got on, you got on Donovan Mitchell in the media day. And uh, JB said he wants the Cavs to be more dynamic. And we talked about Imani Bates real quick all on this episode. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so really, what you got going on, man? Get us out of here. You know, don't got too much going on, but what I need everybody that's listening in, that's tuning in, I need you to do me a favor, right? I need y'all to do me a favor. You know, the season's about to start, right? And it's a lot of people that need some great, scratch that, need some amazing Cleveland Cavaliers content. So what I need y'all to do, I need y'all to send, I need you to share this podcast. We're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on iHeartRadio, anywhere you can... Honestly, search podcasts, we're there. So I need you to send this, share this to two or three people that has never watched this podcast before. Type in That's Rather Cavaliers. If you're already there, hit that little arrow up with the little box on underneath. And I need you to share it to two or three of your friends because when that season starts, we got a lot of amazing content coming soon. That's Fans First Sports Network, That's Rather Cavalier Podcast. Like Relly said, we're looking forward to the season coming. We actually start this podcast 
just before the season ended last year, maybe the last handful of games, and we thought we was going to have a lot of playoff content, nice run, but we didn't. The Knicks happened to us. So, yeah, so, you know, be sure to like, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend. Mm-hmm. We everywhere, we everywhere you get your audio podcast. Rally said watch. I'm going to say listen because we're looking for you to listen on the audio. And like I said, sometimes you will catch us on the on the Know It All's YouTube channel. But for the homie Mod in the background producing, thanks, Ahmad Bell. Check out, if you're a Dallas Cowboy fan, check out DC for L, Dallas Cowboy Podcast on Fans First Sports Network. Uh, know It All Podcast. We every Sunday at 6 o'clock on YouTube. K-N-O-I-T-Z A-L-L. Know It All's Podcast. And hey, until next time, let's go Cavs. Let's go Cavs. Let's go Cavs.